I'm half drunk. <laughs> you know? Thanks to Michael. I talked so much shit about Michael last week. And now this week, I, he's primed the pump. Primed the pump. You think he gave you a roofie? Dude, no. I, he might as well have just given me like an IV of alcohol. Because I'm like almost at the... Uh, I'm almost at that break point of... What do you call that? Oh, being drunk. <laughs> almost at that break point of being like buzzed to drunk. Oh, wait, hold, we're recording? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, the universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war. There is only dice and pipes. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Welcome to uh, Dyson Pipes, where I have random random thoughts at the beginning of each episode, apparently, now, as opposed to my dry, uh, welcome to Dyson Pipes Warhammer edition. This is the Warhammer edition. My name is Chris, and along with me for the ride is Brian, who's choking right now. It's his first day smoking a pipe. Are you okay over there? Hold, uh, let me call. Hold on. Let me call. Get a call. EMS. Are you okay? Yeah. What happened? I inhaled by accident. Oh, God damn it! I was supposed to be fun, and I was going to try to call 911, but my phone, I shut off the tones for for hitting keys. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You inhaled, like, into the lungs. Yeah, yeah, into the lung parts. Pipe tobacco. Yeah. Lung parts. Yeah. Both, Not just the lungs. Both of the lung parts. Both lungs, yeah. as if you can shut off one lung from the other. Right, all my lung pieces all, got filled with, got filled <laughs> all with smoke. All of your lung pieces. Yeah. Had a little uh, tobacco smoke in it. Yeah. Very good. Um, you can uh, follow us as long as we're alive on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Reddit. Dice and pipes. How are you, Brian? Besides gasping for air. I am good. Good. I'm good. Uh, we got football going with the kids. We got uh, the pool is nice and cold. Ooh. So one of my favorite things is to... Uh, because my son fucking kills himself during football practice. He takes it very seriously. And uh, he'll come home as a ball of sweat, and he'll get out of the car, walk down the driveway to the backyard, and straight into the pool. He'll be stripping his clothes off as he goes. Um, it makes for having to purchase cups more often and more frequent, but... Cups? Yeah. As in, like, like the guys... The genital protectors. Not cups, like, shit that you drink from. Right, no, 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 the... The testicular protection apparatus. You have to. Yeah, <laughs> you have to purchase more cups. Yeah. Why? Wait, he jumps into the pool with his cup on. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Wait. Okay. Let's let's ask another question. Why do you have to purchase numerous amounts of cups when he jumps in the pool with his current cup? Because the uh, the chlorine stuff, the rubber like uh, rim, oh, it eats away at yeah. the rim of the cup. Yeah. Okay. Well, for any guys with balls, you would know if you played sports that, right. you know, it has like that outer protective kind of rubber rim. The gasket. Rim. Right, a gasket. The gasket for the... Uh, yeah, it's supposed to make your balls like sealed off from the rest yeah, of the environment. Because the, the gasket seals off the gonadal area. Gonadal? Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. I would agree with that. Um, 
Okay. So the uh, the clothes come off, the cup stays on for some bizarre reason. Um, jumps in the pool. Good for you. So you, uh, how often do you find yourself purchasing cups? Like two or three times a season. Good no, for you. Not like every day. That That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, excuse me. I'll do it, Michael. I got, no, no, no. Okay. Very good. I don't know Did, why we have friends. <laughs> Dude, we should just fire these fucking people. <laughs> like, they're not even making, like, solid recommendations. Or, like, s- it, or it, solid pay. Or solid pay. <laughs> Dude, uh, these guys are... They're, look, they're just in it for the glory of the show. Yeah. Right? We're not even paying them We give wage. the wrath. They try to get the glory. Well done. Bam. Well done. And that's why they don't need cash. Right. Because what pay would top their glory that they receive on the show? Not, I can't think of any. Not $15 an hour, that's for sure. That's right. Fuck that. Oh, payment scotch, whiskey. Wait, scotch is whiskey. Tobacco, and whatever, $5 an hour. Yeah. Because I'm sure, you know, while Clyde is sitting there uh, concocting our uh, various tobaccos for the show... I'm sure he's back there sampling some of our treasure trove of... Uh, yeah, I'm sure he is. I have a feeling in that Buchanan's, he put some fucking antifreeze. I think he's trying to get you. Yeah? Clyde? I think so. Why? I've never said anything about him. He's a, he's a true gentleman. Well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but he's like really close friends with Barry. That's fine. Yeah, but you talk so much shit about Barry. Like, maybe you should fucking tone it down. They're very close friends, I'm telling you. By the way, when you were a kid, how much were cigarettes? Do you remember? Like when you would go to the store, like and th- by kid I mean like eighteen years old. Like when you when you went and bought smokes, do you remember how much? I want to say that it was like two fifty three dollars a pack. Okay, yeah, I was about to say the same thing, like two dollars a pack. Dude, yeah. now they're like twelve, really, or even more. I think in the city they're like fifteen dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. That's why I. Uh, that's one of the reasons I'm happy I quit. What do you smoke um, now? I have the uh, this uh, little robot stick. It's a low stick from the forty first millennium. Okay. Um, what do they call that? A jewel. J e w e l. J u u l. No, no, jewel. I don't think that's a word. It's a brand name. Jewel. J u u. Jewel. U u. Sounds L. like a monster from The Witcher. I've never played that game. The jewel. We're from Inglorious Bastards. The bear jewel. Shoshana still Sound running. Sound good. Shoshana's still running. Bear Jewel, this German wants to die. Oblige him. <laughs> Motherfucker comes out of a cave with a baseball bat. <laughs> Bye, Nazi. Oblige him. <laughs> well, in addition to your jewel, what do you smoke in there? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, I have, I'm working on my skull. Uh, I think I'm going to give him a break after this. He's gone through four, five, six. I think this is bowl number seven. Okay. So I think I'm going to do the month rest and see what, what we come up with. Good, good, good. Uh, inside of it, I am trying your... your uh <laughs> Ah, yes, the penny farthing. <laughs> so I got some penny farthing in here. Uh, I will say, of all the aromatics I've smoked, of all the Englishes, the Balkans, the tin note on this penny farthing, that yes. heavy, heavy hay country smell is 
very appealing to me. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I, I smoked it the past couple of weeks. In addition to smoking it at home. And if you've purchased this, I think it's fair to say, and I think we talked about this before the show, like you really got, you, you got to pack the shit tight. You pack this tight, you get more tobacco in there. I, I don't know why it is, but like you get more flavor out of it. Like by the end of the bowl last week, dude, it was like the flavor coming out of my bowl was just fucking awesome. What do you think that is? I don't know. And and we talked like why is that? Like most tobaccos are relatively right. You you sprinkle in a couple of bright Virginias. You sprinkle in a couple of you know little uh, Kentucky leaf, some Perique. And it's just incredible. Oh, dude, that's a cool one. Oh, you got to toke on that a little bit more to get the smoke coming out of it. Continue. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's the, uh, the science behind it. It's, it's really incredible. Like when you start adding like different components within the tobacco and then you start adding like different like casings and toppings and, and whatever it is, what, what kind of process you're putting your tobacco through, how it changes the taste and the complexity of the tobacco, not only in like the uh, the tin note when you smell it, but like even from the initial light all the way to the bottom of the bowl, dude, your tobacco like the the flavor of it can totally change, and I'm still blown away by this. Yeah, this gentleman caller in particular, um, a lot of reviewers will say, you know, get first the th- get get first off. <laughs> so on Dyson pipes is. You will say, uh, when you fuck up a word, you need to uh, you need to roll. This is the Warhammer edition, so we're gonna roll six d six with the dn of six. As always, this is what we do here. All right, if you pass, you don't drink. If you fail, you're fucking drinking. If uh, if you roll an exalted on your wrath die for Brian, he gets to keep that as a uh, as a point of wrath. And if it's myself, I'm keeping it as a point of glory. Hopefully, you can't shift shit. I have Failed. four icons. Drink away. Speaking of drinking, what are you uh, what are you drinking over there? Uh, I am... that was probably a bad time for me to ask you what you're <laughs> drinking as you're putting your your glass to your lips. What is that? It's a it's a net. It's fucking uh, Mothra. I have some Aberfeldy, which I think goes nice with the uh, Father Penning. Yeah, you like that? Okay, very good, very good. I had the Aberfeldy. I thought it was a little too strong. I like it though. Like on its own, like that's a pretty good scotch. Um. So yeah, the uh, the gentleman caller. Uh, a lot of people, if you read reviews, they will say that the first eighth of the bowl is kind of hard to get through, and then as you smoke it, as you get it down, it the the honey clove and vanilla like almost explodes out of the bowl. And I kind of was like, eh, that's bullshit. Like it, it's all mixed tobacco. It, it looking at the tin, it looks fairly well mixed. That doesn't make any sense. It defies logic why that would happen. Right. Yet, God damn it, like the first, I would say the first eighth of a bowl is probably a little bit of an exaggeration. Probably like the first five or six puffs get start as, it tastes like just straight tobacco. No, like like cigarette tobacco. Wait, hold on. You don't have, inside of your bowl, you don't have hash marks? Like designating different <laughs> measurements? No, no, no. Like who the fuck says that? I go by puff numbers. What, what is the first eighth of a bowl? Roughly six puffs. Like, this is what fucking aggravates me. Yeah. Like, this community, and I'm not disparaging anybody out there who's from, like, the hardcore, like, pipe smoking 
community. But like, dude, seriously, the first eighth of the bowl. Let me give you an example. I smoked earlier uh, earlier in the in in the show um, a couple of weeks ago. I smoked this fucking uh, this Bones Ants, which is a much smaller bowl than the pipe that I'm smoking today. So when we say the first eighth of the bowl. Dude, it's completely different amount of tobacco. Like, why can't we just go by, like you had mentioned, Brian, like, why can't we go by the amount of puffs that you take from your bowl to say, hey, look, it took me 10 puffs to break through that, like, to break through that, like, you know, shitty taste. Right. The initial burn off of the tobacco to get to, like, the true flavor of the tobacco. Why do we have to go by measurements? Because, you know, what if I'm smoking, like, uh, like, an author pipe? Or like Savinelli has these pipes that are designated as KS, which are like oversized pipes, right? Right. That compared to something with a tiny little fucking bowl, like like a little clay pipe, you you, you can't make the comparison between the two. Yeah. I mean, I I would think an uh, an appropriate measurement would just be like after several puffs, the yeah. flavor starts to come out. Several more puffs, and the flavor is there, and then you know so on and so forth. Um. But I don't, I, I don't understand the science behind it. Because there is no science behind it. It's just, it's a mystery. It's it, magic. There's no science behind it. I'm conv- I got to take but, my watch off because I'm, I'm sweating. I'm starting to get aggravated. Uh, when I get aggravated, by the way, my wrists sweat. Just your wrists. Only my wrists. <laughs> <laughs> All, only the wrists. I don't know why. That's funny. Uh, what, what are you working on over there? So, um, uh, while, you, while you describe what you got, just give me one second. Go ahead. What happened? I got to do something real quick. Are you, you leaving? You, no, no, no. I'll, I'll be right back. You just—you made me think of something. I'll oh, be right, okay. I'll be right back. So, uh, so today, I um, tobacco-wise, I have uh, my little Savinelli's. Uh, don't worry. I'll take it upon myself. Savinelli's. Like, there are multiple. God. I got to stop drinking. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can count, though. I am. Wait. Oh, I'm dropping dice all over the place. Let me roll. I'm going to self-police myself. I fail. Today I'm smoking my Savinelli Series Three little Levat. It's really not that little. The bowl's quite large. Uh, and stuffed in that, I'm smoking my Peter Stokeby Luxury Twist Flake. And for anybody out there who really hasn't, or like you're just starting to smoke tobacco, I'm a firm believer, um, especially of like Virginias. I don't know what it is about Virginias and Virginia Periques. I tend to pack my bowl. I'm back. Thank you. You saved me. I had to roll on my. I had to call myself out and roll on my own. Did you? Did you pass? I failed okay. and I drank. Uh, real quick, not to interrupt. I have good news. I what just, happened? I spoke to Clyde. Okay. He is going to start leaving tobacco reviews. No. Yeah. Like on tobaccoreviews.com. Yes. Yep. Really. Yep. Well, this is great news. Yeah. Because I think we've developed a, a fairly significant amount of uh, tobacco that we've smoked. And he knows right? his shit. No, no, no. The guy's good. All right. This is this is good news. I can't wait to look forward to reading them. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. I was just talking about how, like, when you uh, when you pack a pipe, especially with, like, Virginia's or Virginia Periques, to me, at least, it, it's it's always important that before you, um, before you start your charring light, after everything is packed nice and tight, to always take the pipe. Give it a test run. And give it a test run. Dry. Because especially, dude, I don't know what it is about Virginia's, but there's like a flavor that you could pull just from just drawing dry air, air yeah. through your pipe, just across the, the, the tobacco, and then into your mouth. I think 
you know, it, it sets your palate up for the flavor that you're about to experience by the, uh, by the pipe tobacco. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. Uh, in addition to that, um, Michael, big fucking sommelier. Fucking Michael. Um, a little Buchanan's Deluxe. Uh, now, I enjoy Buchanan's Deluxe. But you would it, think as a fucking sommelier, like, does he think that we're like two rednecks? Like, guy, fucking step up your game a little bit. Like, we're smoking basic bitch scotches right here. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to put in a request um, mm-hmm. for, I guess it'll be the D&D recording that we do next. I'm going to put in a request for Angel's Envy. I've never had it. And I would like to try it. You haven't had uh, Angel's Envy? No, mm. never had it. All right, good. Well, all right, we'll, uh, we'll have to talk to Michael about that. If that's not too much for him. I'm sure it's going to be too much for him. That's fucking lazy. Excuse me. Yes. Um, good. So uh, I actually need a refill. No, you're going the wrong way. And don't go more than five times. You'll You'll seal it off for good. Okay. So... And this isn't a knock on on Michael. This is a knock on Buchanan's. Why is it that if you take a bottle and hold it at a 45-degree angle to your glass, it will not pour? Because there's a ball bearing in the neck of the bottle. Why the fuck would you put a ball bearing in there? I'm going with marble. Because it's it, it, it aerates it. It aerates it. That that that's that's what you're going with. That it it, it aerates the scotch. Yes. Because that's what we need. Aerated scotch on yes. the show. Yeah. Make it fluffier. F- fluffier like a nice meringue <laughs> yes a little meringue scotch yes okay whatever to each their own um excuse me bear with me here yeah yeah, yeah. a little relight action going on uh so we have a nice gameplay session lined up for everyone out there today uh, i'm very excited Plowing through this uh, this this session was a lot of fun. Uh, we have Clyde writing reviews for Tobacco Reviews. Running up, I would say, gonna, he's going to give Jim Inks a run for his no. money. Yeah. yeah. Yeah? You think he's that good? So what I want to do okay, next week uh, when we open the show, when we talk about tobacco and, and whiskey, uh, I want to read some of Jim Inks' reviews, and we'll see if Clyde feels that he can write better and more uh, articulate reviews. Because Jim Inks is kind of like the, the king of tobacco reviews. What, what do they call that? The penultimum? Y- yes. Right. Of, uh, of tobacco reviews. He has thousands, thousands yeah. of reviews. And still active, by the way. I was just looking the other day. Like He is still active. Yeah. It's not like no, he's... I'm not saying that Clyde is going to write more reviews. I'm mean, I'm sure I'm sure Clyde's not saying that either, but he's going to no, write better. I reviews. think the content yes. might rival that of uh, of a Jimmy's review. Now and you use tobacco reviews far more often than I do. I really only go on to it and look at the hard number and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people leave reviews, are there sections for people to say if this review was helpful? There is. There is. Okay. Yeah, okay. People can go on and, and vote whether or not your uh, your review is helpful. 
Oh, good. And by the way, I purchase, I purchase my um, my tobaccos based on reviews from tobaccoreviews.com. Yeah, me too. You but know. again, I just look at the hard number. Okay. Yeah, and, like, and I, like how many reviews there are. Yeah, like of course. If it's four and two reviews, like okay. Yeah, I don't give a fuck if somebody finds somebody's review um, to be helpful. I look at the overall numbers yeah. uh, of reviews for uh, for a particular tobacco. And then that helps me. Like, I'll read the review. I'll see if it's worth anything. Um, I'll go to Smoking Pipes because that's where I tend to buy a majority of my tobacco. And then I'll look at their reviews. I'll see if it syncs with, uh, with TobaccoReviews.com. And then I'll, I'll make a final determination as to whether or not I'm going to buy that tobacco. You know? But I do find that sometimes, like, the, the way that they categorize tobacco within uh, Smoking Pipes versus Tobacco Reviews, they'll be completely different. Yeah. You know, like, one will be a Virginia. And I would think that the manufacturer is the one who's saying what their of course is. Of course. But what I don't understand about smoking pipes is sometimes they'll have a Virginia with Perique in it, and smoking pipes will deem it a Virginia. And I'm sorry, if it has any Perique in it, it should technically be a Virginia Perique. And that's what makes me think that maybe their family is coming from the manufacturer. So if, if Dyson Pipes Vapor Blend, if we send it in as a Balkan, right. they would probably just say, okay, uh, Dyson Pipes sent us a packaged tobacco to sell. Uh, what do they classify it as? Uh, a fucking a burly? Okay, but that's it's a what vapor. It is. That's what my that's my assumption. Uh, tobacco reviews probably goes on what everyone says it is. Right, could be. Whatever, fuck them both. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. I buy almost shit from uh, smack. Oh uh, god, from smacking pipes. From smackingpipes.com. Uh, we're rolling six dice with a dn of six as, as always. always. Nope. Shocking. Excuse me. <laughs> I drink this Buchanan's. Hold on. Oh, my God. Well, a lot of drinking, it, it, it tends to lead to my next toast. Oh. So I want everybody out there yes. to raise your glass. Oh, okay. And uh, today on Dyson Pipes, we're toasting to uh, suicide. Lanes. Um, (laughs) Now, I don't know why Brian's laughing, but this is a very serious topic, <laughs> and it, it it seems like my cheeks are sweating. <laughs> it seems like a, a, a lot a lot of things brought up on the show have to deal with driving, and one thing in particular that that just rubs me the wrong way, as Peter Griffin would say. You know what really grinds my gears? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Suicide lanes. I think everybody out there knows what a suicide lane is, right? It's it's generally in a uh, like a suburban area mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you know it's it's developed and let's say in front of a gas station. Okay. And there's it's it's a high traffic area. And there's enough room to create one lane in 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 both directions in front of this gas station. And what they do is they put an additional lane in between the two lanes and it's supposed to be designed 
for when you want to pull out of the gas station. Let's say we're making a left because that's when you would utilize the suicide lane. You're, you're, you're going to make a left out of whatever establishment you're, you're leaving from. There's a break in the traffic from your left, right, that's heading to the right. And, and, and you want to go ahead and make this left, but there's too much traffic in the, uh, in the direction that you're going. And so what you do is you pull into what's deemed a suicide lane. And what you're going to do is you're going to stay there and you're going to wait until there's a break in the direction that you're heading in and then finally pull out and ease into traffic. You're going to, you're going to merge into traffic. Yes. I have a problem with people who refuse to use that lane. They just sit and wait and wait and wait until both directions are clear enough for them to go ahead and exit out into the lane of travel that they're attempting to get into. And that poses a significant problem, especially during rush hour, when there might be a break in the traffic that's coming from the left. You can then utilize that break to pull into the suicide lane. Now, what do you think the etiquette is for you pull into the suicide Close lane? Close your eyes and go. No, I'm sorry. So the, the, you the proper the etiquette, gas, you, ask, you, you ask the gas station, okay? So I'm asking the gas station. All right. Don't celebrate it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. That's very it's rude of me. I'm not. So I pass. No way. But I have a complication. Oh. And Brian drank it. Um, All right. So you're asking, what is the etiquette? So uh, someone's exiting the gas station and they pull into the suicide lane to merge. Okay. But somebody's trying to pull into the gas station, so they also utilize the suicide lane to turn into the gas station. But then they should be behind you. So if I'm exiting the gas uh, yeah, station, yeah, okay, they, they yeah. technically should be behind me. But the right. problem is these motherfuckers who drive, they don't they don't understand that the suicide lane is used for people exiting the gas station to try to merge into that lane. And they're they're dicks. And that's where the problem with suicide lanes start to arise because they'll overshoot the ex or the exit or entry, whatever you want to look at it, depending on where you're coming from. They'll overshoot that ramp into the gas station and they fuck the people trying to leave and use the suicide lane. They're assholes. Right. You know? I see what you're saying. So, But they can be used to enter a location as a turning lane. Of course they They're should be perpetual... used to enter and exit. Right. And it also helps for the people in the opposing traffic to turn across traffic. Like, yes. you're supposed to use that so you don't tie up traffic. Right. Well, because usually probably what it is is like some old lady, like Miss B, trying to exit the gas station. She's afraid to use the suicide lane, so she just sits Don't there. drive, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, and look at people are driving like they're flying out of Hades. Look at this. And then the old broad, you know, fucking has a heart attack. Throw some gentleman caller out in front of your house, get fucking laid, and then have that old bow go and get fucking gas for you. And then you don't have to leave the house. Yes, like creamed corn. Creamed corn. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I just, it, it doesn't make sense why it's so fucking difficult to use. I don't think I've ever seen a suicide lane alleviate traffic. It always makes it worse. Because nobody knows right. how to utilize yeah. it, you know? And then I think that's a pretty common question in like uh, DMV tests, I would imagine, right? Suicide lanes? I would hope so. They're out there. It's got to be up there with asking like, how do you navigate through a circle? Right? They're all over the place. Let me fucking tell you. Let me fucking tell you about traffic circles. 
It's a real simple fucking concept. It is a circle with multiple exits on it. That's all it is. And everyone loses their fucking mind when they get to a circle and come to a dead stop while they try to figure out their life. I can't fucking take traffic circles. Now, if you have a traffic circle with two lanes, dude, the inside lane is like a, a suicide lane. Yes. If you think about it, yeah. it's the same concept. Get in the fucking middle lane. If cars are driving faster than you, just stay in the middle lane until you can break through and get off your That's exit. That's why when I'm approaching a traffic circle, I cut right through the middle. You drive right over right the Right over the island. Fuck yep. it. You drive like it's straight. Like every time I go to your house. <laughs> drive right over the middle. They knew I was doing it too. That's why they put that fucking light pole there. That's why they, they put it me there up. for you. They fucked you. They fucked you over. So in short, I have an issue with fucking suicide lanes. Like, either learn how to drive, get the fuck off the road, or use the goddamn suicide lane. You know, not for nothing, but there's one near me, and every single time I'm in the fucking gas station, and it's in the middle of the day, there's traffic, nobody knows how to use this lane, and I'm stuck behind some fucking cunt who just cannot pull out and then sit like they're sitting in the gas station, just sit in the fucking suicide lane and allow me to get the fuck out of the gas station. Right, because you're trying to make the right and just go. How fucking hard is that? Dude, especially when you're in a situation where you're right. I'm trying to make the right. There's only one entrance or one ramp to the gas station, in and out. So get the fuck out, make your left, park in the lane. You know, you're 90 years old anyway. It doesn't matter if you get hit head on. Who fucking cares? You know, just pull into the fucking lane anyway. There's a reason why they call it a suicide lane. Like, roll the dice with life and let me make my right so I can get a butt. You know, get... Get a what? Get a butt? Get a... a, a, Excuse me. Fuck. I missed it. I miss it by one. Half my dice spilled out of my fucking dice tray, by the way. Well, you threw it with such angst. Oh, I was so aggravated. Because I'm, I'm thinking about <laughs> Very those, sweaty wrists right the, now. The, oh, they're fucking... They're sweating. I'm fucking so... I had to take my watch off. My watch is off. I'm thinking of ladies with blue hair. It's aggravating me. Excuse me. Excuse Sorry, me. Ed! <laughs> I'm just going to fucking sprinkle some gentleman caller on the front of my car. Where's my pipe? Where's my pipe? Oh, here it is. All right. So here's the suicide lane. To suicide lanes and the havoc they cause. Let's get into some fucking gameplay. Let's play some Warhammer. Warning. The following gameplay includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. All right. Maybe I should actually find somebody and keep them alive. Maybe. I don't know. That's just, just a thought. Try to get some information. He's not very good in the interrogating aspect. No, he's very good at it. It's just his bloodlust takes over. You got. I've been. I've been constantly trying to give you opportunities to use <laughs> your ruddy nope. sands of Mars. Nope, can't and do we're it. Just murdering people. I'm just blowing right through it. <laughs> I, and, and it's like this fucking. Uh, like I. I want to use it. I don't know. I just. I don't know. But we'll get there. Don't worry. Oh, where to go? Hold on. Let me think this through. Now. Uh, so you did get one clue from Spitz. I don't know why. I know, I remember you saying that, but for some reason in my mind, I equated that to that, like, defunct mental institution that I spent the night in that one time. Obviously, that's not the place. 
All right, so we have a couple of leads to go on. We have the name Redbreast, who's obviously drawn the ire of whoever these skull people are. Right. Uh, and we know that there's something going on with an orphanage somewhere in the area, at least according to this Spitz character. Yes. And Ooh. also you killed a rat named Marcus. All right. Um, <clears throat> I killed Lily. How sad. In the name of a flower. Yeah. I'm okay. sure there will be no consequences for that. No. Or screwing over Spitz. No. Or ruining the mugging operation of some unknown gang. <laughs> Everything has been smooth yeah, sailing. smooth sailing so far. Well, nothing's going to come back to bite me in the ass. Uh, I'm going to go back to the old trusty data slate. All right. And knowing that the last update on the local maps has been 14 years ago, uh, I'm going to search for an orphanage and see if maybe 14 years ago there actually was an orphanage that was up and running in the area. All right. Give me a, give me a flat D6. Odds, no information, evens information. A four. Uh, what did I say? Even that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Heads I win, tails you lose. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. So you do find uh, two uh, orphanages. One of them is nearby, and one of them is closer to where you were yesterday. Okay. Well, I'll I'll head towards the obviously the the close one. Okay. That's never good. I don't like that. Uh, all right, so you spend, uh, we're getting close to evening time by the time you roll up on this, uh, this orphanage. By the way, um, this area, does it have, like, electricity, or is it so, like, just run down? Rolling brownouts. Okay. In perpetuity. Oh, I see. Okay. Like, at any minute, you if just one go out. wire just falls a little bit, mm. they're out. And it could be out forever. Yes. And there's not enough juice to properly light the streets at night, if that was your overarching question. Right. Like, I mean, at nighttime as I'm walking, right. are the streets lit? Yeah. Do no. I see lights in the buildings? A little bit. Kind like of. Flickering. Sometimes. Yeah. Almost reminds me of, uh, oh, World War Z. Yes. Was it before he takes his family and puts him... You know, in, in the government's hands, how they're running through that apartment building and like in the stairwell, it's like, it's like yep. this like dim flickering light. Yeah. Like that's okay. Yeah. Uh, like everything is on emergency reserve power and the, the generator is out of gas. Uh, like I'm yes. running on fumes, that kind of feel. Right. Okay. That's going to go at any moment. Yeah. So you get to this orphanage uh, and it is open and operational as an orphanage. We don't know yet. Okay. But the doors are open. There's, I could see people. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. Very similar to the encounter at that that rundown warehouse. I'm just gonna kind of maybe find some cover, a half a block away, and just observe it. Okay. Give me an investigation test. Difficulty one. With I, a complication. Yeah. I. I <laughs> you have I, you I, have I, two faces. Yes. You have the face of when you get a, a one on your uh like a like a. Like an important role, yeah, 
And then you have the that look, which is your pass with complication. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, like the last three. Dude, I, I instantly I go right to the yes. brown line. Yeah. Right to the brown. Like I gotta oh god. Uh, so I pass with a complication, yes. Alright. So the pass will let you extrapolate that it, it appears to be a regular orphanage. Okay. But I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. Kind of an odd one to have a complication. Like on an observation. At night. What do you mean? Well, it's nighttime. Early night, but it's nighttime. Right, right. Very dangerous time to be Ah, yes. Maybe I'm so fixated on staring at this orphanage to try to get any sort of information that I neglect to hear or pay attention to something that may or may not be occurring behind me, like a stick-up. Maybe, yeah. maybe Spitz can actually walk. He's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, as you're becoming more and more satisfied that this is a orphanage, uh, you stand up, and as you turn around... There are two individuals standing there. Uh, They're not in a threatening pose, but they are definitely in a... um, They're not concerned about you pose. That makes any sense. Right. Maybe like one of them has their arms crossed, the other one has his arms on his hips, like his hands on his hips, and they're just kind of staring at you. Okay. Okay. I look at them and go, gentlemen. Hello. And then I start walking away. And you walk past them. And they don't make any move to stop you. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Hey, excuse me. I think uh, you dropped this. I look over my shoulder. And they're holding your hourglass. I can put down my pipe for this. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with that? Oh, you dropped it. I'm just giving it back to you. No, I said throw it here. And I put my hand up. Well, give it back might be a little bit of a exaggeration. Uh, sell it back to you, perhaps. What do you want? Well, we were going to take that nice gun, uh, but a little too heavy. I will trade you your auto pistol for this uh, little hourglass. What are they wearing? Uh, at one time, the clothes they were wearing could be considered like the kind of clothes that like a used car salesman, like that stereotypical like uh, patchwork right, jacket, right, right. you know. Uh, but after decades of being in the muck, yeah, it, it's they look they look like fancy zombies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Alright. So I I go, okay, deal. And I take my auto pistol out. How do you take it out? In a non threatening way. Okay. Like holding it by the barrel or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh I eject the cartridge that houses the ammunition. Okay. I put that in my pocket. And I throw it down at the ground at their feet. Hourglass? And I put my right hand up to catch it. 
And he looks at his buddy. They kind of smirk and they toss it back to you. Okay. I look at my hourglass. All the sands on like one side. Uh, I would say it's like ninety ten. So as as you're looking at it, maybe if you held it with the ten percent side up, by the time you were done looking at it, it would be uh, you know, where it needs to be. Right. <clears throat> What's around me? Anything? Like, am I in the middle? I take it I'm not, like, standing in the middle of the street. No, no, no. I, I would imagine that you're saying, like, maybe... Like, the corner, and there's, like, rubble, or... Yeah, I, I picture, like, you were kind of squatting in, like, the, like a pile of rubble. Um, for some reason, in my mind, I have that little hilltop from falling down. Oh, okay. Where, like, I was sitting on the little sculpture, and then the, the gangbanger showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I'm picturing a scene something like that. Okay. Um, if it's light enough out, I don't know if they can visibly see that Bannon's blood pressure is, like... <laughs> spiked through the roof. Like, his face is just growing redder and redder. I'll give them an awareness test. Yes. Yes, they notice because uh, I got it. Well, first of all, I'm to be real douchey. Uh, I got an exalted on my wrath dice. So I'm going to give myself a point of ruin. <laughs> uh, and uh, they can shift one. So they, they notice that they got under your skin. <laughs> Alright, good. Um... So I now that the sand is depleted from one end of the hourglass, I'm now going to flip it upside down. I'm going to place it on whatever ledge I can find that's that's next to me. Ah, uh, yes, thank you. And I look at them, and I just shake my head, and I look over at the hourglass, and I'm just, you know how like the old westerns when they hold the uh, the grip of their gun. Mm-hmm. Like Doc Holiday style. Yeah, how they, they like move their fingers like they're just itching to fucking kill somebody. Yeah. So that that's what I'm doing, and I tell them, I say, you have until the sands run out to kick that auto pistol back to me. I'm I'm sorry. Uh uh I think we'll just keep it, thanks. So deal's a deal. We gave you back that little hourglass and we got the gun. Yeah, the hourglass that you stole from me. Yeah, steel is such a harsh word. And he bends down and picks up the gun and puts it into the front of his waistband. Right, well, time for us to crack on. Uh, good luck out here uh, watching the children or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, your secret's safe with me. And they start walking away. I, I, They're f- fairly close, right? Yeah, I would say within... Like, when the conversation is happening, within five meters. Okay. I grab a piece of the rubble. Okay. And I throw it at one. Give me an athletics test. What am I looking for? One. I got it. All right, so I would say that this little piece of cement hits uh, the guy who was talking or the other guy? No, the guy who was talking. Okay. Wh- whoever took the auto pistol yeah. and put it in there. Okay. No so I would say that hits him like right at the base of his neck in between his shoulders. And that puts him in a... I'll give you your choice. Hindered or vulnerable? Hindered means he gets a plus one to difficulty on all tests until the end of this whatever happens. Or vulnerable, he gets minus one defense. We'll say hindered. Okay. 
So he's just like, ah, he's all disoriented and grabbing at his neck. And his buddy turns around and displays a knife. I, I look back at my timer. Uh, okay. About how much? <clears throat> uh, I would say there's about... Like half? Three minutes and 25 seconds for me. So you're running out of time. And now I take my right hand. So my left hand was on the grip. Now my right hand falls to... You know, where like an angled foregrip would go on a rifle. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. like... Now I bring it up to almost like a ready position. Uh, the guy with the knife looks at the guy who was talking, and the guy who was talking displays a shock maul. Not my shock. Oh, no. I don't have no, I do have a shock maul, but no. Yeah. Same way. Doesn't got to be this way. As he says through the gritted teeth as he's rubbing his neck. You're right, because I'm about to get my auto pistol back and a new shock maul. Give me, uh, give me intimidation with a plus one dice. Difficulty two. I pass and I can push one. All right. So he lowers his shock maul and with a sigh grabs the gun and throws it back to your feet. And they just turn around and start walking away as he's rubbing the back of his neck. Okay. I'm keeping an eye on them. I bend down. I pick it up and I... Reload it? Yeah. Okay. Put it back in its holster. Okay. What's with your face? I'm just waiting for... No, 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 no. I Look what's fair is fair. You know? I, I look over at the sands and I see it's still flowing. About a one minute left. Okay. So I'll be a wise ass. Wise choice. And I grab the uh, the hourglass and I reattach it. Uh, the guy who did not talk, when you say that, kind of stops and is like, oh, you motherfucker. And then they continue to walk. Okay. I just quick pat down on myself to make sure that I'm not missing anything. No, else. you have everything else. Okay. Uh, I would think Bannon, having gone through like the uh, the sludge of the sewer when he dealt with good old Marcus, like he, he looks like he almost, I mean, obviously not fits in with everybody because of like his gear and things like that, but... Like, he probably looks a little destitute. I'm You're starting to fit in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to make my way over to the orphanage. The, the one that you've been watching? Yes. Okay. Um, and knock on the door. All right. Uh, the door opens, and there's a older woman there uh, at the door. Can I help you? Do you have any food or water? And she kind of starts looking over your shoulder and around. I put my hands up. I'm, I'm by myself, I swear. I just need water. Wait here. She closes the door in your face. A minute or so goes by, and she shows up with a pitcher with suspicious-looking water. Uh, like dirty water. Right, right. And hands it to you and closes the door again. Okay. In the brief time that the door was open and closed, just like taking a, a quick look in, it, it, nothing out of the ordinary, right? She's not like a nun, right? This isn't like a convent no. type style. No. Okay. She's an older woman. Uh, you saw children's things in there. There were no kids necessarily, but right. you saw children's things. Okay. 
Alright, I just kind of fucking dumped the water. I'm not trying to shit. Okay. How rude. Alright, I knocked back on the door. She, uh, you can hear her from the other side of the door without opening it. What do you want? Your picture. Here, take your picture back. Leave it. Okay, thank you. I put it down, and I leave. Okay. Uh, I'm going to like do like a quick once around the building just to like double check everything, and then I'm going to split. I'm going to start heading in the direction of the other uh, orphanage. All right, give me an investigation difficulty one. Ooh. I can shift, and I rolled an exalted. Ah. Uh, Excellent. That brings you up to three points of glory? Two, two, two. two. I spent one. Ah. Uh... So with the shifting, this is absolutely an orphanage. Okay. All right. And again, I figured as much when the old lady answers the door and is actually helpful. So uh, it, it is important to know by the time you make it back to the front of the building, the picture is gone. Okay. Whether by her or some opportunist walking by. <laughs> oh, man, a picture. <laughs> so much shit I could do with this. I could trade that for a button. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> so I, I start. Yeah, I'll start making my way towards the uh, the other orphanage. Are we gonna look for a place to shack up during the night? Oh, that's right. It's late, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I gotta find some place. Uh, hopefully not like the last time where I just kind of leaned up against the wall. Well, let's find out. Let's let's see. Give me a wrath dice. Anything except for a one, you find a place to stay. <sighs> Two. <laughs> wow. God damn! I made it. How have you rolled so many crits? And so many ones, and I don't understand. I don't understand. Makes no sense. All right. Uh, yeah. So you find uh, like an abandoned building of some description, uh, probably one level. You're looking for something a little tactical, maybe. Right. Um, one door, minimal windows, something where you can reasonably protect yourself. And uh, you spend the night, and you can replenish whatever shock or wounds that you're missing. Oh, very nice. I think you're probably missing one from Marcus, right? When you fell down the. Uh... Yes. Actually, I was down to four shock. All right, good. So, so we'll give you a nice restful sleep. Thank you. You can replenish. Recycle, reduce, and reuse. We are very green here. Captain Planet. <laughs> uh, oof. What do you got there? Oh, it's so good. Uh, old Dark Fired. Ah. Just that smell, like, yeah. kicks you right in the face. The old Mac Baron. Yeah. You want one? Uh, no, no, no. I got my... Uh, my uh, Blood Red Moon here. Um, all right, so it's the morning time. I'm oh, sorry, let me just fold this flick here. Yes. Like a glove. Fits right in there. So, are we heading out? Yeah, I head in the direction of... <gasps> Excuse me. I head in the direction of the orphanage. Well, let me slow you down. Wait, what? Uh... When you go to open the door... Oh, son of a bitch. Let me slow you down. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, you realize the door is very heavy. Give me a strength test. Difficulty one to open the door. That door is not opening. So you can feel it moving. You can, you, you can tell it's not locked. Like you didn't fuck with the lock or anything right. like that. There's something blocking this door. So I would say there are is one window uh, that you can use to get out of this place. Ben will look out the window. 
Like, I I would imagine it's not like a clean Anderson window that I could just open and close. Like, this thing is, like, blown out. It's just a hole right, in the yeah. side of the building. Yeah. I would imagine it's on the opposite side of the building as the door. Okay. All right, so Bannon takes a peek out the uh, out the window. Not putting his head out of it. Yeah. You know, just kind of, like, slicing the pie. Yeah, give me an investigation. Difficulty one. I pass. Nothing that you can see. Okay. How far, like, off the ledge? How far down to the, like, street level? I imagine that this is, like, a, uh, like a half underground kind of a building. Right. Uh, so you can, when you crawl out, it's maybe, like, six inches down to the ground. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so I step out of the window. All right. Yeah, you don't see anything. Everything looks clear. Give me an awareness test. Difficulty one. All right, I pass. You can hear murmured voices on the other side of the building. Oh. All right. What's... So I picture door to window in a straight line. Yeah. What's directly across the street? From the window? Following that line. Uh, like rubble buildings. Okay. All right, so I'm going to quickly scurry across the street to okay. like where that rubble is and just try to take cover and look so I have a vantage point to look and see through the window to the door. Okay. Y- you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm just going to like just park it there for a little bit just to observe. I want to see if anybody, if anything, comes through the door into that room that I was sleeping in. No. Okay. All right, I'm going to start making my way away from the area. Okay. You know, in the direction of that orphanage. I, I hate when you make these faces. Damn it. All right, so we're uh, we're going away. Towards the second orphanage? Correct. Okay. So it's probably about three quarters of a day walk. Okay. To, uh, to get to this location. As you're walking, uh, you see two conspicuous people standing on a random corner as you're walking. Uh, They happen to be on the same side of this walkway that you're on. And uh, they catch eyes. They lock eyes with you. And one of them comes up to you. Hey. You need anything? What do you got? You got any wizard? Oh, boy, do I got wizard. How much for a head? 50 credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come over here. So he leads you over to his buddy. They do a couple of little nods and shakes and whatever. And uh, the guy holds his hand out to you. All right, so I give him 50 credits. He puts it in his pocket. And as he puts it in his pocket, when he pulls his hand back out, he's got a little glass vial. And he drops it into your hand. All right. No tattoos. Right on an observe. Give me an investigation. Difficulty one. Yeah, I passed. He's got uh, a skull tattoo, or not a skull tattoo, a skull uh, picture, like sewn onto, like his shoulder. Okay. And it's been there for a while. It's very dirty and grimy. Some of it's peeling off. Mm. How far is this exchange taking place from where this orphanage is? Some distance. Okay, so I'm not like within right. close proximity yeah. to the orphanage. Okay. No, I just, I throw like a head nod, like a thanks, and uh, 
credits, how do they work? They're on like a stick? Sure. Yeah, I'm not... There's credit wands, credit sticks, credit cards. Right. I'm For the purposes of this, I'm thinking like a stick is worth, you know, X amount and you just toss a stick to them. Right, right. But nothing that's like... Uh, there's no like biometrics on these sticks, right? No. They're just exchanged. It's almost like regular currency where you, you can't keep track of like who it belonged to or anything like that, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, I take it. I throw it in my pocket and uh, I walk off. All right. Uh, as you're walking away, you just hear, Hey, there they are. And you see at the corner of your eye, a stick bomb flying through the air, landing right near these two guys that you were just talking to. A stick bomb. Stick bomb. And as you hear them saying, oh shit, there's an explosion. And the random people on the street, the, the scabbies, start yelling and screaming. They start taking off, running in random directions. From around the corner of the intersection, maybe like five or six guys with these skull imagery on them shows up. They come running around the corner like, oh shit, what the hell's going on? From on the other corner come running three orc boys. Get out of here. There's a fucking like a gang skirmish about to take place in the streets right in front of me. Yes. One of the orc boys This for red breast. And they throw another stick bomb and everyone starts scattering and now there is gunfire erupting on both sides of the street. Okay. I'm going in observation mode. All right. Yeah. So I just kind of hunker down, you know, hide behind some rubble, and uh, I'm keeping an eye on what's going on, but obviously my focus now is going to be more on these orc boys. Okay. So there's like maybe five or six of these guys with skulls on their uh, bodies at some somewhere. On the other side of the street are three orc boys and two humans. And they're all firing shots at each other. They're taking cover behind pieces of building, lamp poles, things like that. Uh, just taking pot shots at each other. Eventually, after several seconds of shooting, one or two guys with the skulls goes down. Maybe one of the of the orc boys goes down, uh, and the skirmish is continuing. Okay. And I'm watching. Okay, you're going to watch the whole thing? By the time it's said and done, uh, one orc boy is left standing, and he's wounded, and uh, he kind of, through his big teeth, uh, spits at one of the dead soldiers on the ground. Uh, you can't help but notice that he does go to his other two orc boy comrades and starts pulling their teeth out of their heads. Mm. Uh, similar move to somebody that we know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just about to say, Bannon, in his mind, is thinking, dude, those are fucking, those teeth are awesome. <laughs> Uh, and he starts limping away quickly. Okay. Uh, Bannon starts to follow him at a distance. Okay. Uh, give me a stealth test. Difficulty one. I pass. All right. So you follow him for some ways. Uh, and you notice that in a roundabout way, he's heading toward this orphanage to where you believe it to be. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to keep following him. Okay. Uh, you eventually get to this building that, like, three quarters of it is caved in. 
Um, it's basically got a roof and like one, uh, two and a half walls, and then like almost like a like a truck drove through okay. the building, but it still stayed standing. And he slowly makes his way in. You can see a couple of humans walking around, uh, and a couple of orcs standing guard. All right, maintaining like a, a decent distance away from the place so that nobody can hear me. Uh, I go over the comm to Genevieve. Why are you staring at me like that? There's no answer. There's no answer. There's no answer. I try again. Okay. All right. Uh, What time of the day is it? I would say it's like late afternoon by this point. All right. I'm going to hang out until it's uh, nighttime. Okay. We're watching the the building. Yeah, yeah, of course. All I right. want to see like who's coming and going. Or... It's pretty busy. Um, they're on. Very, you, what you can tell is that they are on high alert. Right. So you're not sure if they're finally starting to push back against these skull guys, or if they're just always on high alert. This is the first time you've ever dealt with any of this shit. Uh, so what you do know is that this facility is on high alert. Right. They're not like leaning up against like the, the other factory that you were at the last session where yeah. they're kind of leaning up against the wall yeah, everybody's and drinking coffee and, and you know they're not they're, they are no these guys are like expecting an attack yeah so they're prepared alright just on a side outside of this the last I spoke with Genevieve where, the, where was she going I completely forgot I said that I was going to uh, Saul's apartment yeah she was just working on figuring out who these skull people were okay she might be in an area with bad reception right which know. yeah I think Ultimately, that's what Bannon ends up, you know, he'll just chalk it up to that. I don't think I'm going to try to track her. Um, she's a big girl. I'm sure she has her big girl pants on, so she can handle her, She can handle herself. Do they have any sort of insignia that, that you know, for their gang? Like working for Redbreast? Not that you can see. Okay. So I've probably been watching for a couple of hours right can i get like an idea as to how many um how many guards they have at least on the outside or how many people i see coming and going inside and outside of the building there's at least 20 okay between coming and going walking around the building changing giving each other breaks whatever right. your estimation is somewhere in the realm of 20 okay all right then I think I will. I'm going to try to access the uh, the data slate to get Genevieve's last known location. All right. Give me a tech test. Uh, difficulty one with plus one bonus dice. I pass. The location that's popping up is the same place where you were sleeping last night. Oh, come on. All right. As of 10 minutes ago. And how far was that from where I am now? A couple hours. All right, so I'm going to start, make a tactical retreat. Okay. I would think you're far enough away that you're muddy and shit. Nobody really is paying you any attention. Right, it's not like I'm standing out. So I'm going to start heading back to, yeah, where I slept. Okay. So uh, you make your way back over there. Uh, 
Now this time as I approach, like from a distance, I'm approaching from the door side. So you like kind of circumnavigate around. Yeah. You see a body of some kind splayed open on the front door of the building. Okay. Using um my magnoculars. I'm gonna focus in on that body. It is Genevieve Parker. No. And there is something, it's a little too far away to read, but there is something written across her face. Uh, She is nailed to the door, which is why you couldn't open it. The weight of her body was stopping you from just pushing it open. Uh, She is cut from her throat down to around her pelvic region and splayed open and stapled to the door with her guts on the ground. So I look around and make sure that nobody's in the vicinity of the building. She's been there long enough now that any of the people that are around are no longer paying it any attention. All right, so I'll go up to her. All right. She has no gear. She is also naked. Right. And is it our turf? Nope. Surprised you didn't wake up. balls. Fuck me, man. Dude, shit's going south fast. The one good thing is, I did get to use my timer on this episode. You did. You did. Uh, so we're scouting out an orphanage. Mm. And, uh... One of two locations. Yes. And of course, you roll a complication. Why not? Because that's what you do in this yeah. game, is you just roll a copious amount. What do they call that? Par for the course. Yes. Yeah. So you roll this complication, and you decide that there are people behind you. Uh, which was a fine idea, and uh, I just enhanced that. Enhance. I enhanced that and to make them pickpockets. Yes. And uh, as you're going to leave, they hey, say, hey, buddy, um, you forgot something, and they have your uh, hourglass. So they demand that you trade what they, what they interpret as a meaningless trinket for your auto pistol. And you very sav- savvily, sav- savile, sav- sure, I'll give that one to Very you. savvy-like. Sa- yeah, 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 savvy-like, <laughs> yes. Savvily, uh, unload the gun and hand it to him. You get your uh, egg timer back. Did and you just then, call it an egg timer? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you get your egg timer back. Son of a bitch. And then you set it for five minutes. <laughs> uh, and now we get into this awkward exchange of trying to get your gun back. Which I thought went pretty well. Yeah. You know, I kicked it over to them. I dropped the timer down. And I say, look, you basically have until the end of this timer. Now, uh, we were rolling intimidation checks for that. Uh, what, was your pl- what was your plan? Just pull out the bolt gun and just start going to town? Oh, I didn't give a fuck about the orphanage. I was fixated on my timer. Right, right. Well, so I mean, if, if I, I, yeah, if I didn't get that, I was just going to fucking, we were going right into combat. So I was trying to use that to intimidate them. You know, so yeah. I'm fucking crazy over here. You know, and I, I think at this point, like I've, I've dragged myself through enough of the shit that exists in Levina Seven, that I probably am starting to look like a lot of the people from the sector. Yeah, we, we talk about that. Yeah, right. So I, I would imagine that they, they view me as just another 
crazy person that they're going to come across in their travels. And um, either they're going to walk away and give up, you know, my gun back to me, or they're just going to, they're asking for combat. And luckily it worked out. Uh, yeah, so you get all your stuff back. They are not happy with you. Uh, you are very interested in this orphanage. Um, this old lady answers the door, even gives you some water. Right. You are not satisfied, it doesn't seem like. Uh, until ultimately you deem this to be an actual place. And uh, you find a little, like, shack. Uh, you know, because you roll a, a wrath dice. Anything other than a one, right? you'll find a place to sleep. And finally, we, we, Not a we one. got a two. Amazing. <laughs> we made it. Uh, so you shack up in this little, I picture like um, like a work shed. Mm. Just one door, one window. Right. And uh, you hole up there for the night. In the morning, you wake up and uh, the door is, you can't Quite open heavy. the door. Yeah. And I think we all know by now that that banded strength is not good. Right, we we've ruled out any possibility of him throwing grenades based on the way the mechanics work in this game, because um, it's all based on strength. Right. So strength is one of those things that I would, I, I, if you say that it's a strength roll, yeah, I'm not even gonna bother with it. When it's time to rank up again, you think you're gonna dump anything? I into might. Strength? I might have to dump some some points into strength. Will that affect your melee skill? Do you know off the top of your head? No. I'm not going to crack open the book. No, I'm no, no, it curious. doesn't. Because I think uh, you have like weapon mastery and uh, and ballistic, and I think both of those, ah. uh, like ones for your ranged attacks with your guns, and ones for your uh, your hand to hand combat or your melee combat. Right. right. Uh, so you forego investigating this door. Uh, why didn't you investigate it? Um, Obviously, we know what's hanging on the door. Right well, at, at, at the, the end, at the moment, we at, don't know why. So I think um, so. Bannon's thought process is he, he wakes up. And he thinks that if he opens up this door, it's going to be this major battle with whoever it was that stole his egg timer, as you said, um, and their gang. Right. And he, he just, so I figured in in an effort to just kind of not deal with that, I'll climb out the window. Right, because you heard murmuring voices. Right. So you perceive that to be this gang. enemies. Correct. And in reality, what it was was gawkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I wouldn't have known. Right, yeah. You know, I thought it was going to be that gang. Whatever gang it was, right? Because there was no uh, like insignia or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. So there was no way to identify who they were. Who knows how many there were? It might have been like this offshoot gang. There could have been a dozen guys. I just didn't want to deal with the uh, with the combat scenario, considering I couldn't take out two guys with fucking knives in an alley in the episode before. You did take them out. Yeah, eventually after slipping on my own blood and <laughs> you know that shit just going fucking sideways. And the way that I've been rolling recently, it's just one of those things that I think Bannon should have avoided. Yeah. Uh. All right, so we, we make our way toward um, a secondary orphanage that we learned about. Uh, and you notice some guys with skulls on their uniforms. Uh, and then these guys with, uh, like, orcs. Yes. Oh, this is the, uh, yeah. the battle. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so orcs show up uh, and just start open combat in the middle of the street. <clears throat> uh, it's some orcs and some humans. And after it's all said and done, uh, there's one orc, I believe, maybe one human, one person left of this skirmish, and you follow them back to this huge compound, which uh, turns out to be Redbreast's, at least one of his facilities. We don't know if that's his hideout or right. a just a Redbreast facility, at which point you decide to call in backup 
Uh, you raise up Genevieve on your Vox caster. She does not answer. First time ever that she does not answer you. Right. Uh, so you astutely use your data slate to see if you can track her location, and you find that her last known location was right where you had slept the night before. Which starts to raise some serious questions for Bannon. You know, he realizes that this is an encounter when he gets to this Red Breast facility. He realizes this is an encounter that he's not going to be able to take on by himself. It's a hell of a lot more guarded than the uh, the prior right. warehouse. And these guys with. are on top of their game. They're right. not lazy like the last place. Yeah, they're not leaning up against a wall, just bullshitting with people. Like, these guys are really on, like, post, like, right. like looking out for an attack, especially considering that there was an attack not too long before. Right. Uh. So you make your way back to your previous location, and we find a marked change in Bannon and his, I don't know if it's going to be a permanent thing, but a marked change in his personality. It seemed like from my point of view, uh, when you see Genevieve nailed to the door of where you were sleeping and splayed open. Oh. Uh, and... We close the gameplay session by you investigating. She's she's got no gear. She's got no clothes, and it's written on her face in blood is surprised you didn't wake up. Yeah, which harkens back to the movie title. There will be sleepless blood. in Seattle. No, oh, no, not sleepless in Seattle. I was going to say there will be blood. Ah, yes, harkens back to that movie, The Breakfast Club. Of course. 16 Candles. SpongeBob. SquarePants. What a great movie. You got, he wrote uh, uh, the guy's ass there. What's his name? Patrick? No. Squidward. No, uh, human. Real life. Uh, oh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, the Hoff. Yes. Don't hassle the Hoff. <laughs> uh, so what, where, where are we at? What are we thinking? This fucking hell to pay. Genevieve is nailed to my fucking door. Now, is that because... Uh, are you this upset because you came that close to... It could have been you? Are you this upset because they're toying with you? Or is it because you are going to miss your friend? Yeah, Bannon's not going to miss his friend. I, I think it's more they're toying with Bannon. You know? So he was sleeping in that room. They knew... Whoever did that knew that he was sleeping in that room. They caught her on the other side. Like, she wasn't even in this sector, right? Uh, right? I don't believe don't she know was where, in. We don't know exactly where she was. Right. So she was not only captured, but then she was brought back to my location. And then fucking nailed to that door in the middle of my sleep without me understanding that that was even going on. So I, I, I think it's more anger and frustration that that took place in the middle of my sleep, and I wasn't even aware that that was going on. So you're not going to miss your friend. Whatever. We're part of the Inquisition. <laughs> Shit happens. You know? Uh, do you think you're going to miss your your plasma rifle? I think I'm going to miss that fucking plasma rifle. I didn't even get a chance to use that. Eh, the day is still young. You never maybe know. Maybe you'll find it. You never know. Uh, or maybe it'll be used against you. That could be fun. No, no, no. That wouldn't be Just fun. blowing holes through <laughs> buildings that you're hiding in. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to add to uh, to poor Genevieve? She was a good soldier. I feel like she deserves at least a toast. 
You think Genevieve deserves a toast? I think in this episode, you know, we normally end with the two, this and that. Okay. I, I think toast. it's only fair to toast to Genevieve. To Genevieve. To Genevieve. 